Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator from IndieWire, Peter Connect, and tonight's guests, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Brad Hall, and Steve Rashid. Thank you. What a nice turnout this is. What a cool Apple store. Uh, so uh, if you don't already know, which you probably do because it's right there, uh, we are here with uh, Julie Louis-Dreyfus, Brad Hall, and Steve Rashid. Um, uh, Julia and Brad uh, collectively are, are, if you don't know, sorry. sorry. iPhones are ringing. It's probably my son. You want to hear the call? Um, so basically, uh, yeah, so Brad and Julia, if you don't know, are sort of collectively responsible or involved with, you know, basically half of the greatest uh, American comedic television ever. I mean, Seinfeld, Kirby Enthusiasm, Frasier, uh, Arrested Development, uh, The Simpsons even, I think you voice guessed it all. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, New Adventures of Old Christine, Saturday Night Live, which you were on together. Yes. Yes. Um, so yes, but, but that's not why we're here. Um, we're here to discuss... Uh, Picture Paris, which is a short film that, that uh, Brad directed and wrote and Julia starred in, which is uh, here at the Tribeca Film Festival, and that Steve was the composer for this film. So um, let's just, uh, maybe to start things off, uh, you guys saw the trailer, but maybe you guys want to describe uh, the film to the audience here. Um, I'll go, I'll, I'll, I'll take that one. Um, the film is about a woman whose uh, uh, youngest son is going off to college, and uh, uh, she becomes compulsively obsessed with a trip she's planning to Paris um, at, at the day after they drop their son off at college. And, and then things happen you might not expect. Um, uh, some pretty wicked twists and turns along the way. Um, and it's really, ultimately, it's a movie, it's a story about life transitions. Um, God, that sounds like... <laughs> A horrible middle-aged film, doesn't it? That doesn't sound very sexy, but it's pretty good. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that was a horrible pitch. Anyway, do you want to spice it up a little? We're not going to make that movie. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Next. I'm in no way inspired. It, 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 actually, it was based on, um, on real life. We have a, a, a son who went away to college, um, and... I don't know if any of you have kids, but it's, it's, it's fantastic to have kids, but it changes your life radically. Yeah. And then they go away to college, and it is exactly as huge as when they're born. And so uh, to, in order to process that, um, I kind of wrote this little uh, script and showed it to Julia, and she said, oh, we should just go make this because it's so twisted. And, um, and that's what we did, and it turned out to be really, really fun. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really fun movie. The, the one thing that kind of surprised me is, is it starts out very, you know, uh, a, a sort of adorable sort of thing. And then, it, yeah, the twists, it gets a little uh, dark. And, right. and uh, it just sort of surprised me that this is a, a film that a husband and wife team would, uh, you guys have been married for 25 years, would yeah. decide to, In June. To, to, to take on together. If we make it. If we make it. Where did this, so that darkness come? Um, clearly, that part of it wasn't. Well, that, by you know that that part of it really is from the fact that you 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 feel these huge, 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 huge things um, around your children, 
and and everyone does in, in certain parts of your life you 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 want to have the most passionate life and you want these you want huge feelings and huge gigantic emotions in your life you want your life to be extraordinary and then when these things happen that trigger those kind of huge things in your life sometimes they're not so happy and you wonder oh god can i just have a normal quiet time so when when our son went off to college that's how we felt it was really a gigantic change and so um, we started to think about what that's like to have these huge changes in your life, and can we make a comedy about that? This doesn't sound funny right now. <laughs> Again, However, it's a bad pitch. Um, it's another bad pitch. God, Steve, you try. So, so um, what we decided to do was just to, to see if we could just go out and make this and see what the experience would be like. And it turned out that um, the making of the film turned out to be uh, psychologically good process. So really, it's a therapy session that uh, the audience gets to enjoy with us. But also, I would say that we, we also are very interested in, in really getting into the independent film world. And we wanted to start out with a short because we thought it was sort of a way to sort of dip your toe in, in a, maybe a more manageable kind of way. And I suppose it is, although this film uh, was, it turned out to be a ton of work, very happy work, but a ton of work. Uh, but, um, and we loved it. We loved the, it felt like our old theater days in Chicago. We called in lots of favors from our friends and, uh, um, and who are, you know, in production and, and artists and actors and so on. And um, it was a, a very satisfying, sort of liberating feeling like, oh yeah, we can just do this, um, was, I, I, I would say, right? Yeah. Precisely. And I mean, well speaking said. of uh, calling in your friends, uh, Steve, you are the composer of the film, um, and I also hear that you are a part-time Apple Store employee, or Apple employee. That is true. This is a collision of my universes, <clears throat> being at this event. But actually, uh, my perspective on the creation of the film was that I wrote this really great song, and then Brad wrote a film around it. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> now, the song isn't actually in the film, and I've actually forgotten it, but uh, that's my memory anyway. <laughs> Uh, no, I, yes, I am a part-time Apple employee. I, um, I, work, I live in Chicago and uh, started working uh, for Apple shortly after we finished this film, actually. And, uh, so, and, and, and in fact, uh, I uh, used entirely Apple equipment to create the score. This was done in using Logic on a Mac Pro in my studio. Um, and in fact, while we were collaborating on the on it, uh, Brad was in LA and I was in Chicago. We were using FaceTime, and I, I set up this kind of bizarre uh, setup with a with a webcam pointing at one of my monitors, so he could see what I was looking at on my monitor, uh, but feeding it to him to, through FaceTime, and and uh, so we collaborated long distance that way. And eventually, he came to Chicago for when we actually recorded the track. But in the development of the music, um, it would not have happened were it not for uh, all these great Apple devices. And in fact, we, we cut it on, on uh, Final Cut, too, so this was an Apple, uh, completely Apple. We didn't use an Apple camera. We didn't use our iPhones, but other than, other than that, um, it really was. And it turns out that, that it's really actually uh, fantastic that you can go out and make a movie now in a way that you never could before because it's so cheap. Um, the, you can roll as much as you want because memory is almost free and you're doing everything digitally, and then when you've got it all in the can and you're trying to put it together, you could collaborate across the country, which really was 
a remarkable uh, thing to do. And we did it in the editing process visually too. I would sometimes I would be at home or I'd be in my office, and the, our editor would be in, in in downtown Los Angeles, across town. And he'd say, "Oh, let me show you something I did," and we'd we'd be able to watch it that way. So that it, that that's happened so quickly, it's so fast, and, it, and in the last two or three years, really, it's just changed completely the way that the way that you can actually go out and make your own movie. So. As Julia was saying, that's what for us was really exciting. So all of a sudden, wow, this is just like when we were in college and doing plays. And Steve and I worked together a lot in Chicago on, on uh, at the Practical Theater Company, some of whose members are over here. <laughs> and um, it was just like that. It was really suddenly, uh, uh, and Julia was part of that company too, so it was very much old home week, even though the subject matter is perhaps a tiny bit dark at times. The film um, has screened, I believe, twice so far, and it's screening a few more times. Um, yes. Do you want to talk about sort of what it was like to, to see this up on screen with an audience and, uh, and, and let everyone know where they could catch the film um, over the course of the next week or so. Uh, it's, it's incredible to get a reaction from an audience. It's, it's, it's just so joyful for us and, and satisfying in, in, in very profound ways. Um, it is going to be screening three more times, as I understand, and I would love it if somebody would tell me exactly when those times I, I were. I know the dates, but you can look on TribecaFilm.com uh, to get the actual times of the screenings. But the 24th, it's going to screen once, and I think later in the evening. And then on the 29th, it's going to screen twice. Um, but I don't know the time. So and the, the name of the program is the Eclipse Clause. It, it's uh, a, escape Clause. Uh, excuse me, Escape Clause. It's, it's uh, six shorts, all of which are tons of fun and all very, very different. Um, and, they, and they've been very careful in putting together a, a program that makes sense. So it's a, it's a, it's a very fun program. Um, yeah, I mean, going back a little bit, I mean, we, we've noted that clearly you guys are, have been married for, for, you know, 25, 24 years and yeah. 11 months. So far, so uh, far. And so what's it like working together? I mean, I know you have in the past, but like taking on what is clearly a passion project uh, together in sort of a collaborative way, um, what's that like? Well, um, we, we work together really kind of all the time, to be honest, because if, if Brad is working on something, uh, he, we, he brings it home and we go over it together. And I do the same with the projects I'm working on, where we collaborate in, pretty intensely, uh, I would say. Um, in addition, but this particular experience was, I would say, it was just freeing. Um, we were our own bosses. Um, we, we, we were working with people that we loved Julie Snyder, who is uh, our producer, is here. We adored her. And it just felt like a, um, um, uh, what to say? I mean, it was just a happy thing to be able to feel like, OK, well, when we feel we got it, when we feel we got that take, then we have it. We don't have to turn to anybody else and say, you know, is it okay for us to move on? We were just moved on. And it was nice to be our own bosses and we sort of had a sort of singular vision about it. And, um, and Brandon Cox, our DP, who's absolutely phenomenal, uh, was, you know, we were all sort of linked arms and went forward, right? Would you and, say? And also, so much of it we got to shoot in Paris, which is such oh, a beautiful and right. romantic place. Right, we got place. to go to Paris. Yeah, it's, yeah that it, part. It really is the Buenos Aires <laughs> of Europe. Yeah. It's a lovely place. And, and it's really, really fun place to shoot, although difficult. It's crowded and loud and, and not unlike New York, but they don't speak English there. And so Julie speaks some French, but we, we, were, we were on the run all the time. Um, and so you get tighter in that kind of situation. And then we thought, oh, God, it's over. That's so heartbreaking. But then you get home, and the, the post-production becomes incredibly tight. And we really had, in, in, from a musical point of view, this is the one clip of the entire movie 
that has just a tiny bit of Steve Rashid in it. Most, <laughs> the rest of the movie is scored with Steve's music. But um, it was really an unusually close collaboration and really it, 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 it made the film so much more full and rich to have Steve's music. And I felt the same way with, with Sean Hedges who, who, who edited the film. And it turns out that it really becomes a familial thing. And so for us, as sort of the parents of, the, of this particular project, it was so satisfying that everybody worked so hard and had so much fun in the end. So really, for, for, I'm just going to kill myself now because it was so fun. I <laughs> didn't want to do anything else. Well, can I also say that from a collaborative standpoint, I mean, Brad is an extremely musical person. So uh, his vision musically before I even was involved was very... Um, was very well defined in, a, in, in the most positive sense in that he, he knew, he really had a sense of how he wanted the music to be structured. And in fact, because of the, uh, the, the intention to have a real authenticity to it, there were, like you heard, uh, I did not write that piece for Edith, Edith Piaf nor the Blossom Deary piece, um, but uh, you know, those pieces were included in the film, but the, the the challenge, the kind of happy challenge in all of this was to try to edit those pieces down to be the length they needed to be because we couldn't usually use the entire piece when there was a piece to be used of, of actual found music and also then to create sort of handles on the front and the back of the of the, of the little musical snippets so that, for example, at the end of that either the PF piece, it sort of dissolves when, when, the, when the camera comes down and she's in that cave, cafe in Paris, that's not Edith Piaf anymore. That's something that I, I made and sort of blended into the end. We sort of faded out of Edith and into whatever it was that I was doing, just trying try to make a transition. And, and you and, wrote an accordion part oh, for the accordion player. That was, that's and it, that yeah. was, well, the shot was was kind of a mis, well, not a mistake, but it, but well, it just sort totally of found. It just happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we were going to go luck. get ice cream, uh, and we we're going to use an ice cream shot, and then there was this guy playing an accordion, and we said, Can, "Would we be in the in the movie?" The, the, our French producer asked, and he was like. <laughs> and so we did it, right? We shot yeah, it. And then when, when we, we were showing the footage to Steve, we were trying to, Steve and I were trying to get the, the Blossom Deer song in the right place, and he goes, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's put a real accordion in there. So he made it somehow. I don't even know how you did it. Well, there was, we had our accordion player, a guy named Don Stilley, who's this great Chicago accordion player, and he was in there playing the accordion for the rest of the pieces, and we showed him that little piece, and he very quickly sort of figured out sort of where we were where Blossom Deary was in the tune at the point where that, that shot happens. And together we sort of figured out kind of what chord changes that, that occurred over and, and what kind of thing would have to fit. And he very masterfully crafted a, just a little two-second phrase that, that he played while he was watching the scene. When the accordion player came up, he just started playing, and, and we put that in there. And then I purposely sort of panned it just right of center. So it actually, if you're listening in front of a pair of speakers you can actually it sounds like right where the guy is sitting so it actually so worked cool. pretty well it was fun uh, i mean so you, you talked about how this was uh sort of dipping your your foot in the water just to a degree it's your first um short film that you directed um is this something you'd want to do again and sort of do you have any ideas yeah we well we, we we learned that doing a short film is really exactly the same as doing a feature except you shoot for a shorter period of time i mean it really isn't that different this is a longish um short ours um and it, we could have really just, in the t amount of time that we took, if we just written a few more pages and shot for a couple more weeks, we would have had a feature. So I think the next time out, although I really do love short films and I'd really like to do another short film. In fact, I wrote another short film about Paris that, that we thought, oh, well, maybe we'll do two or three of these um, and put them together as kind of a Parisian set. And then we realized that from a, a business point of view, it's you know, trying to get the money back that you, we don't really want to make any money on these things, just kind of do it. 
it's better to have a feature for us. Um, so I think the next thing we'll do together will be a feature, but we'll keep the same gang together because it was that really was what we wanted. Our intention to, in doing this was to bring it to a place like Tribeca to to meet the people that are involved in this and the independent end of the of the um, film industry with whom we have very little contact really in our studio kind of lives. Um, so uh, once we now that we've done that and we we're enjoying the company. Um, so much with I think we'll go back and try to do it again with a longer uh, with a longer form uh, Well great and uh, before we take some questions from the audience uh, speaking of what's you know You guys are doing next uh, I mean feel free for anyone to jump in about what their next projects are but uh, Julia your your new show Veep premieres uh, this Sunday night this on Sunday HBO. 10 o'clock on HBO Check it out I, I, I'm, I'm very excited about it. I'm sure most people in this audience are very excited about it So maybe just tell us a little bit about that before we uh, oh sure yeah. Well, in case you haven't seen the poster all over the place, um, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, <laughs> um, I play uh, Selena Meyer, uh, fictional vice president of the United States. Um, and um, the tagline for, for that poster is, the buck stops somewhere near here. And that is, uh, in fact, sort of very uh, emblematic of what the show is about. Um, uh, you know. As I've been saying to others, you know, I, I defy you to find an ambitious politician on Capitol Hill who aspires to the vice presidency. And um, so this is about uh, a show about political behavior. Um, it's the genius behind it is um, a wonderful man named Armando Iannucci, uh, who made a film in the loop uh, a couple years back and uh, that starred James Gandolfini. And he was nominated. Armando was for an Academy Award for writing for that film. Um, he, uh, this is a nonpartisan show. You will never know which party Selena Meyer is in, if you can believe that. Um, uh, and you will never see the president. And it has a very um, unusual tone, and hopefully a funny one. Um, it's something I'm proud of, and I hope everybody um, gets HBO right now, please. <laughs> and, uh, and watches it. That's it. That was a really good pitch. Awesome. <laughs> I've had practice for that one. Uh, all right, so, so questions from the audience. Um, I'm not sure how this is. Uh, someone has a microphone. Hi. <laughs> I have a son in college, and I was wondering how embarrassed your son and daughter is about your project. I, I don't know. I, is he here? I don't know if he's here. I think he's oh, there here. He how embarrassed uh, are you? Are you embarrassed, honey? <laughs> he's not embarrassed. See, he's giving we, we, thumbs up. Thumbs up from, from Henry. Though he claims not to be embarrassed. Is that your last kid or do you have another one at home? One graduated, went to school, the one who graduated came back home. Oh good, excellent. We're, we're hoping ours will come home and live with us for about I 50 feel your years. Pain. <laughs> Poor Steve is exactly got an where we are. Thank you so much. Hi, uh, my name is Gary. I'm a product designer and manufacturer, and there comes a time you've got to put your product to market. So when you guys are shooting, who makes the ultimate decision of saying, that's it, we gotta go, instead of keep on going over and over and over? It's very collaborative and... In, 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 uh, no, Brad, you, Brad, you do. Well, I, you? I, I mean, ultimately, I, I do. <laughs> Own it. Both Own here it. and at home. No, I mean, at that's some point, true. somebody has to say, for God's sake, move on. But usually it was me, but sometimes Julie Snyder would say, our producer would say, what the hell are we doing? Move on, move on. But um, it's, it's a collaborative process, so if Julie wanted another take, I could think of one scene in particular where I was very satisfied, and she was like, no, 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 we're not done. 
And so he said, like, well, we got to move on. And Julie was very, he said, no, we got to do it again. And she was right. And the one that we, the, the, uh, the shot that we used was, in fact, the one that we waited to do. So I'm really happy that we did. It's the second time she's been right. <laughs> first, first time was when she said she would marry. Um, but the, uh, yeah, there you go. Oh, come on. And also, she's been very generous in the divorce. <laughs> Hi, my name is Amanda. Hi. I was wondering if Woody Allen's Midnight in Paris was an influence for the tone of this film. That's a great question. Um, actually, Midnight in Paris came out um, a couple of weeks before we were beginning to shoot, and we panicked. Really, because I thought, you know, if we're anywhere near this story-wise, we're dead. We can't shoot it. So uh, we went and we saw the film twice uh, just to make sure that we, there was no um, appearances of, of uh, ripping him off, which, of course, we never would do. And so, uh, and there, there weren't. But we, um, so it wasn't an inspiration. Um, but I thought the movie was fantastic. I love Midnight in Paris. But it's our movies is infinitely different than Midnight in Paris. They it's, really have nothing in common but Paris. But but the, the in the little scene that we just played at the very beginning when she's sitting outside of the cafe, when we went to shoot at that cafe, we went inside and there's a picture of Woody Allen. And we're like, uh oh. And sure enough, they shot there, but not in front. They shot in a back room. Right. I, and I'm not even really sure if it made it into the movie. We really couldn't tell. But. Yeah. Um, but so we, we did cross paths in the... And also we heard afterward that Woody Allen said, as we keep saying, that the French response to everything was... Yeah. <laughs> also, musically, there was, a, there was a concern. Yeah, initially. it was a big concern musically, too, because oh, in yeah. my head, right. I thought, oh, you know, I want it to be quite nostalgic mu music, and then I was listening to a lot of French music, and Steve and I would, would, would listen to a track, and, and actually Steve had written a couple of things, even. Yeah. And we went, you know, I think this is too jazz age. Yeah. Um, sort of, which is Woody Allen's trademark, of course. He does all that fantastic right. uh, music. And it gets in the back of your head, you kind of forget about it. But then when you hear it, you go, oh, wait, we can't do that. So we moved it up, and it's got a much more sort of boulevard 50s, 60s kind Exactly, of. yeah. He, was, he's, he really focuses a lot on early jazz, particularly 20s and 30s. And he was using a lot of Sidney Bechet, who was a, a U.S. expat that moved to Paris, a soprano sax player in the 20s. And so he used a lot of his stuff. Plus... The guy who actually scored it did sort of a gypsy jazz, almost kind of a Django Reinhardt sort of thing. And so we made sure to steer clear of, of that stuff. Not that we would have necessarily gone there anyway, but it was a, uh, it was a conscious choice to not you know, try to cover the same ground musically. We have a question back here in the, uh, the crowd. Hi, the dark scene um, in, the in the film, which I found extremely funny, is every woman's dream in that situation. <laughs> Whose idea was that? That was, that was in the, one of the first things I wrote in the script, actually. I, I, that was always the intention. I don't want to spoil it for anybody that comes, but there's a, there, there are a couple of twists that are surprising. And, and that, I, that's really, we wanted to make sh sure that it went in some crazy ways, so that was early on. But I'm glad you enjoyed it. I think it can, it can throw you. <laughs> right over here. Hi. Um, Mr. Hall, you said that Paris was like the Buenos Aires of Europe. Was there... Any influence that you had, you know, Argentine or Buenos Aires that you were looking for in there? No, no, I was just making a joke, but I'd like to shoot in Buenos Aires. <laughs> just one second. Sorry. Uh, 
Hi. I'm not sure if it was just in the teaser, but I kind of felt a bit of an Amelie-esque kind of narrative voice. I was wondering if that had any influence, if not, if there were any other characteristics or stylistic influences, um, a bit quirky throughout the film. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, Amelie, the, 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 um, for anybody that hasn't seen it, there's a very heavy, fast paced um, narration throughout and it's actually a parody of other French films so the the French narration is a is a real stock of the of the French cinema um, really starting before the even Truffaut and the guys in the 60s and so what we love all those movies um, and we wanted to find something that was fun and funny and so it it's not specifically Amelie but that kind of um, world is definitely and some of our, our favorite filmmakers turn out to be to be French, so we definitely are influenced by whatever you like, I think. There's another one in the back. Uh, hi, um, I'm a student from the New York Film Academy, and um, I was wondering, um, uh, two questions actually. What camera did you use to shoot the short, and what was the most difficult scene to shoot in, Fran in France? Um, we used a Red One oh. camera, and, um, that, and we used a... Uh, a, a red epic for a couple of shots in, in California and then that camera broke actually so when we went to France we only took the, the, the red one oh in terms of the scene that was hard to shoot I would say it was in the uh, Jardin de Luxembourg we had a couple of issues uh, the first one being over the permit that we actually got right or didn't get we or still didn't don't know get, depending <laughs> on who which police officer you spoke with and uh, so we had we had set up a shot in a very beautiful part of the of the garden, and then we were told we weren't allowed to shoot there, and we had to move on. And prior to uh, 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 we had, we'd shot a, a couple of takes there, and then all of a sudden, um, and those were without sound. And then we had a scene with dialogue, and all of a sudden there was this huge booming sound of a, a, a what was it? A it band, was a, a, a huge big, band, massive band, and. And we was like, what was that? And it was a band performing in the band a 60 show. 60-piece orchestra. 60-piece orchestra. So we were screwed because we had to shoot all of this dialogue. And, and it was booming music. And so we, our producer, Julie Snyder, ran over there to find out what was going on. And it turned out they were a band from, unbelievably, Texas. And yes. And they were there performing, I forget what the, what the deal was, why were they, they were there. But fortunately, I'm gonna say, they were from Texas and they were Seinfeld fans. And so we were successful in asking them to please pause. Um, you know, and, uh, you know and, and in exchange, of course, I would, I would take pictures and meet and greet the band afterwards. And they very kindly obliged us and, and so we were able to Shoot, but but what I was also then going to say is that then after we got the dialogue and we were we didn't we just got it and the police said we had to move even though we really did have a permit, and uh, and as we were leaving we saw there was a, they said well you can shoot over there and what they didn't realize is it was the most exquisite shot in the whole picture that we happened onto by accident you know and they weren't really paying attention and we sat down and shot something in, in, in a quite typically French moment. They said, oh, you're allowed to shoot there, but you cannot. <laughs> and so I said, well, are we allowed or can we not? And he said, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said, so, so we'll shoot there. He goes, no, no. And, and then 
And it was a kind of a crappy little place. We just wanted to pop the shot off and get the heck out of there. And so, so we, were, we were sort of desperate. So, well, what do you want us to do? And finally, the, the, the policeman said, look, you can shoot in, in French through someone that speaks better French than I. He said, you can shoot anywhere in the park except there. And the spot that, that we wanted to shoot was just a little piece of dirt with a tree. And, he, and I said, anywhere? And he said, anywhere. And I said, can we shoot over there, pointing at this incredible, the, the Senate building, one of the most beautiful buildings in, in Paris, and where no one is allowed to shoot. It's absolutely forbidden. And so they kind of nodded, and Julie said, let's go. And we ran over there, and we set the camera up, and one of the guys in the crew said, they're not going to let us shoot here, the Frenchman. And I said, yeah, I guess they are. And he says, I shot here once. And I said, for, for what? And he goes, we shot a Honda commercial here. It cost us $150,000. <laughs> Oh, and then we, we got, got this it really quick. Show. We ran out. <laughs> so I'm sorry, we only have time for two more questions. I have one here, and then I have one in the back. Hi, I'm Tina. Um, I'm actually still in college, so I'm wondering how guilty this is going to make me feel for leaving home. <laughs> Hopefully very bad. No, it won't make you feel guilty at all. Hopefully you'll just laugh. Don't worry. Stay in college. Hi, I'm Srini. Uh, I have two questions. Uh, one was like, uh, how long did it take to shoot and how big was the crew and how much footage or data was shot for filming? What was the last part? How much what? How much data or the footage filming was done? Uh, well, let's see. Well, we shot in LA. We shot for, uh, I think, four days approximately and then in, in uh, six days in Paris. And uh, what was the other question? How much data? I don't know how to answer. Oh, and our crew. Our crew was... It, it varied. In Los Angeles, it was... Yeah. I don't know. How many was the maximum? I, uh, we had... Um, it was a small crew. I mean, it, 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 the, the basic answer is it was a very small crew, very, very light crew. But with the Red One camera, as you may know, you have to have a, a film tech, so that, that adds kind of a person. But other than that, it was a very minimal crew. And I don't know how much actual footage we wound up shooting, but we did not scrimp. We shot... the the, the Data storage is so cheap that we just shot and shot and shot and shot and left the camera rolling all the time. And the, you saw in the clip, there's a little um, time lapse of the Eiffel Tower at the end. Yeah. And that was just the director of photography, actually the assistant, just set the camera up and let that roll while we're doing something else. Um, I didn't even know he was doing it. And, and in fact, actually he said, you better be careful. We're not really supposed to shoot those lights. He goes, they'll never know. And now it's in the movie. Of course, and, now, and, and then you just put a spotlight on it. Yeah. Right now. So call the French government. <laughs> Oopsie. All right, so, so that's, that's it. One yeah. more? Oh, one more? No. Oh. No, no, no more. Sorry. I, I oh, you that's were a bummer. Oh, no, no. Give me, I'm lucky? Oh, then don't ask me the question. All right, so, so I want to I thank Julia and Brad and Steve for being here. Thank uh, you so much. Thank you so much, Peter. Thank you for having us. Picture Paris screen three more times, three more times. Yes, yeah, three more times. Go to TribecaFilm.com for specifics. Um, but yeah, thanks so much. And, and, and I'd like to thank everybody here for sticking around and yeah. for asking such interesting questions. It's nice to have a thoughtful audience. So thank you guys so much. Thank you. Come the visit treat. me at Old Orchard in Chicago. Thank you, thank you, thank you.